Testing, one, two, three. Testing, one, two, three. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another podcast. My name is Rhea D. It's been a hot minute. It's also been over a month since my last one. But hey, here I am again. And I have a very, very important topic that I want to share with you guys or talk about in this episode. So, hang tight. Here we go. Hey, 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 I'm back. It's been a hot minute since the last episode, but who's counting? And who's keeping tabs? I know I'm not. Anyway, um, I want to dive right into this very important topic that I want to talk about in this episode and it's not a stranger to everybody, I would hope. It's been all over social media. It's all over the news. It's all over everywhere. I mean, not just here in the United States, but globally. And that is mental health. And it's so important right now, um, especially since we're dealing with all sorts of things now And I just want to mainly focus on mental health, mental health breaks, mental health, um, what affects it, what doesn't affect it. I'm going to definitely talk about my personal experience with it. And just a fair warning, this episode can be very emotional for some people. Maybe it won't affect other people as much, but... Just, you know, a disclaimer, um, if it's not something you want to hear about or listen to, it's all good. It's, it's fine. You know, you don't have to continue. You don't have to, um, listen to it. Uh, no pressure, you know, um, a lot of the points that I'm going to be talking about is all personal from my point of view and from what I've been experiencing so and it's not something that I'm taking away from other people I'm pretty sure other people is feeling the same thing other people might be um they might deal with it a certain way different or the same just as like everybody else but hey you know we're in this together so anyway Um, before I go off on a tangent, mental health, it's such an important topic that I feel needs to be discussed and discussed all over again, because not just all over again, but all the time, especially now during this pandemic, um, a lot of things have been going on and I'm pretty sure a lot of people don't know how to deal with it in certain ways or just don't don't know how to deal with it period i do want to mainly talk about mental health and how it affects the healthcare providers because i am a healthcare provider provider um 
just for a recap for those who are new to the podcast, um, I am a registered respiratory therapist or RCP or RRT or RT. Um, I've been doing this for almost 15 years. Um, I can honestly tell you that I am very susceptible. Susceptible. Did I I say that right? (laughs) I am very susceptible to burnout. um, To mental burnout. To mental breakdowns because of what I deal with in the hospital at work. It could be, a lot of times people can say, you know, mental breakdowns, mental burnouts, physical burnouts, um, but they kind of go a hand in hand. But in this episode, I want to talk about mainly mental burnouts or your mental health. So like I said, I've been a respiratory therapist for almost 15 years and I have always been a staff therapist. Um, first of all, I came from Maryland. I'm from Maryland. I moved to South Carolina for work. And when I moved to South Carolina, I decided that I'm going to be a travel, a traveler, a respiratory care traveler, respiratory therapist traveler. Um, it's always been a dream of mine to do so. So, hey, why not? New state, new job. Let's go for it. Um, and that's a that's another topic that I'm going to be talking about. It's a whole different episode about being a RT traveler. But I'm not going to talk about it here in this episode. Anyway, so before my contract, of course, like I'm like everybody, I didn't know there was going to be a pandemic. So coming in into my first assignment, I was literally, I mean, literally thrown into the chaos. I always say, you know, when people ask me how it is, how um, is it being a traveler during a pandemic? I always say it's been a baptism by hellfire. And it sounds extreme, but it really, really was. You know, not only did I make a big move away from family and friends and the only home I knew, I came in, I moved into a new city, a new town, a new hospital with very little training. And they, you know, you're expected to do your job right then and there. And, you know, just an additional... (laughs) We have, you know, there's a, there's just the additional, oh, by the way, there's a pandemic. So here's our policy and procedure. And this is what's, you know, what we're going to do. This is what you're expected to do. And <sighs> it was a lot. It really was a lot. And um, I did, I do have family that live a couple of hours away, but still, you know, I was completely alone. I, the only thing I did was work, sleep, eat, and repeat. (laughs) The one main thing about being a traveler as well in this pandemic is that there's always 
this gnawing thing in the back of your mind. I don't know if I word that right, but there's this, you always have this uneasiness in the back of your mind um, that are you infected? Are you going to be infected? Or are you going to infect someone else? And that is one of the things that I thought of the most when I started this job, when I started this assignment. Um, like I said, I had family that lived two hours away, but I didn't see them. I chose not to see them. And I chose not to do that because, like I said, I, I have this fear that I'm going to give them the COVID. I'm going to give them the Rona. I'm going to give them the virus. And they're going to get sick and it's going to be my fault. That's the fear I had um, for the whole time. Um. <sighs> Like I said, fair warning, this episode is very emotional. It, it, it's heavy. It's a heavy, heavy topic. So with that in mind, um, I mean, that didn't, I didn't think about it just one day. It was every day. I re- The one thing that I remember my mother doing, and God bless her, she is amazing. She I thank God for her. Um, the fir- the one thing, the one big thing she did before I started my contract was, before I started my first day of work, specifically, she sent me a Bible verse. A couple of Bible verses. There is this one particular one, however that stuck to me the most and I ended up reading the whole chapter of it and let me just tell you that whole chapter became my prayer every day before I go to work um if anyone's interested it's Psalm 91 the whole chapter read it memorize it you know, make it as your prayer, make it as your daily devotion, feel free to do it. Um, just putting it out there for those who, okay, I'm not, I'm not even going to worry about that, but, um, so this particular chapter became my prayer every time I go to work. Um, my family, especially my parents, they would send me encouraging texts every day. And I'm not going to say that it's been easy or it, it got easier. It wasn't. Boy, it wasn't. It, um, when I wasn't working, I would work six nights in a row and I'm night shift. So every time I would work six in a row and after I work those six 12 hour shifts, back to back to back 
it was literally just me, myself, and I at home. And it was really tough because, you know, everything was shut down, everything was closed, um, social distancing, and all that good jazz. It was, there was nothing to do. And it almost drove me crazy. Because, of course, one of the the things about um, being a traveler is that you go to a new city and a new town and you explore on your days off. But I can't even do that. I couldn't even visit or explore the small town that I was in. Because I, I wanted to avoid people. I didn't want to see people. And, and I'm going to talk about that later on in this episode. But, I mean, it was tough. It was really tough. And if if the one thing that helped me was I kept active. Um, if I wasn't doing anything, my mind would take over. And if it does all this stuff comes to my head. I start thinking about everything. When I go to work or before I go to work, when I wake up that afternoon, I would lay there in bed and dread about going to work. I would stare up in the ceiling and feel this anxiety come over me because I don't want to go to work. Um, it, it's, it's one of the things that us healthcare professionals it these you know some of us majority of us this is new stuff we didn't take care of patients this severe in the hospital um we've taken care of severe patients severely sick patients but i mean this is another level of severe um covid is nothing to play with it is deadly and I mean going to work was one of the things that sometimes gets me there were days where or nights rather that I don't want to go to work because I don't want to take care of these patients I don't want to get sick. I don't want to get it. And that's the truth. My truth. I don't know about everyone else, but that's mine. But at the same time, it's my calling. I have a scent there for a reason. My job is to help take care of people. And I'm putting myself on the line for strangers and it's a very humbling thing when someone put literally put their lives in your hands to help take care of them it's a humbling experience it's it's a humble it's a humbling feeling um i you know not only though i dread about going to work um, thinking about taking care of, like I said, COVID patients, whether they be positive or rule outs, they all dance in my heads. 
and then I worry about or start thinking about is there enough PPEs for everybody, including myself, to help protect me. Um, the thought of, will I be exposed? The thought of, am I already exposed but not showing symptoms? Um, the thought of, do I already have it? And just waiting for the sim symptoms to appear? Or will I expose others? Will I expose my family? Will I expose total strangers? Um, and what if I did? What if I did do that? And then I start thinking about my nieces and my nephew. Possibly infecting them and them getting sick. <sighs> and then, you know... With everything being serious, every time, <laughs> it, it's a, it just, you know, a little, the break. When you work in a serious environment, like the hospital, you have to have some sense of humor. If you don't, God bless you. <laughs> But a sense of humor really, really help get you through your night or your day because there's a lot of shit that you see and you have to have or you have to find that balance between being serious or being joking around just for your own health, just for your own mental health. And a lot of times, we healthcare providers, H HCPs, we joke around. Like when someone, say, for instance, if someone coughs or someone sneezes, we're like, oh my gosh, you have the Rona. And then we, you know, we back away from the person. And, and then when someone talks about they're getting cold or they're getting hot and they take their, we, you know, we're like, what's your temperature? What's my temperature? Oh, so it's just, it, it's one of those things. And, um, you know, we may joke around that, but in all seriousness, it's not, it's not something to joke around, but it's just something that we have to do to mentally keep us sane. Bottom line. Um, and these are just a few things that are mainly work-related that I think about. I mean, there's a lot more things that I think about. You know, I like I said, I moved from Maryland to South Carolina. And, and now I'm starting to think, where am I going to see my family again? You know, when will I make new friends here? Will I even be able to go out? The, the thought of dating um, dance in my head. And I'm like, and I actually made the decision... <laughs> I made the point that nobody really would want to date me because I'm what I do is too risky. And as you know, as a matter of fact, it is. And I'm not going to blame the person if you know they find out that I'm a HCP and I'm exposed to COVID all the time. I don't blame them when they say I can't do it because of you know, personal reasons or whatever, but hey, I get it. No one wants to get it. Hell, I don't want to get it. 
And I don't, like I said, I don't want to, in fact, I don't want to give it to somebody. Um, and then, um, I, I, yeah, I digress. But yeah, and, and getting to know the new town that I live in, you know, I, when will I be able to explore? When will I be able to see places, go places? So it, it, it can be very overwhelming. I, I will say the last, actually the first, not the last, but the first maybe month of my assignment is a 13-week assignment. Um, the first, I'm pretty sure the whole first month of my assignment, I cried a lot. And I mean a lot. Like, I cried in the morning, I cried in the afternoon, I cried at nighttime. I um, would cry myself to sleep. I would cry when I would eat. When I, I'm eating... All of a sudden, I just start crying. Um, I would I would start crying, or brushing my teeth, in the shower. Just the just thoughts, just those fears, just thoughts that that pop in my head. I just cry, and the one one main thing, one big thing, um, with that, I and I can also add that I develop some anxiety too um with all this and I, I remember one time I went to the grocery store for the first time because I needed to go to groceries and who, who doesn't you know um I went to the grocery store uh fortunately enough there was a grocery store right beside the hospital that I work in so first thing in the morning when I got off work was go to this grocery store, you know, and I was wearing my mask, I was socially distancing, and I started panicking. There, I was in the aisle looking for beer, yes. <laughs> I, I'm not even going to sugarcoat that. I was in the aisle looking for beer, and I felt, oh my gosh, I can't even explain it, but I felt this surge of panic coming over me. And it got to the point, it almost got to the point where I was going to cry right then and there in front of the alcohol. Um, <laughs> and... I literally had to calm myself, t you know, take some deep breaths, talk to myself, um, did a little praying, and sadly enough, I didn't buy alcohol that morning. I just wanted to get the hell out of there. I was able to get my grocery shopping done. I was able to check out go home and it really wasn't until I got in my house that I felt relief I didn't even want to be out there driving and see other people um that's that's how bad it almost got um I will say that it has gotten better now um I do feel more comfortable wearing the masks, I have no problems, social distancing, B 
because one thing about me is that I, before the pandemic, I, I can't do crowds. I'm um, self-diagnosed claustrophobic. Um, I don't go in full-blown anxiety panic attack, but when I do see crowds, I do not like them. <laughs> I tend to go the other way and be by myself and be alone and... I mean, I don't know how it's going to be after the pandemic, um, but I'm pretty sure I'm still going to be the one who sees a crowd and walk the opposite way. But that that's just me. Uh, so, so that's just, you know, a couple of things that I, I, I deal with. Um, there's also... Another thing about, um, there's another thing that I struggled with mentally was social media. Um, because, you know, you can't go anywhere, you can't really do anything, where do most of us go to? To spend our time our free time is to go on their social media i have a facebook page and an instagram page and i would find myself looking scrolling through my news feed all the time whenever i get free time and I would see people doing all these things. And I, I gotta tell you, I was jealous of those people. I would look at them and pine over their pictures, wishing I was them, wishing I was there where they were, and doing this and doing that. And it came to the point where... I, I don't know. It came to the point where I wish I was them. And what I was doing, I, I wanted to be like them. So I was trying to do or be who they are and what they do. And I was like, I found myself doing that a lot. And I was like, I can't do that to myself. I can't do that. And so I forced stopped everything. I, I X'd out on all the tabs in my head. I X'd out of all my social media, which is mainly Instagram and Facebook, and didn't look at them. I, I did that for my own. I, you know, I made a personal intervention and I did it for my own sanity, you know? And it was great. It's great. I mean, I wouldn't say it was not easy. Um, it, it was hard trying to not log in social media for a day. It was really hard. But I took it one moment, one day at a time. 
and it got so much easier to the point where the days led to weeks and the weeks led to a month and I don't really want to go back to social media um maybe the only time I will go back is to share um pictures nature pictures I'm I'm a photography is a big hobby of mine it's my first love um I I do love sharing um my pictures and I love to share my travels if I can but that's really or and or share like positivity um around and that's only really the time that I go on social media other than that I don't really go on social media anymore I put you know the apps on my phone I put them away to where I don't see them I don't know this saying out of sight out of mind that has been my goal my thing and it has helped me a lot um I learned to enjoy the moment enjoy the presence the present rather the present and that includes being with my family hanging out with my family um and speaking of family i when i finished my contract i moved in with uh with my sister and we're thankful and grateful that we are all healthy we still you know we're we're still social distancing. We're still wearing our masks. We're doing what we're supposed to, washing our hands, covering our mouths. We, we are still, and we'll continue doing what we're supposed to. So, um, I like I said, I enjoy my surroundings. I enjoy the people that I'm with, my family. Um, for the most part, in real time, I'm not in the around you know i'm not with them in the dinner table at the dinner table looking at facebook instagram or who liked my post who didn't like my post who didn't even bother looking at my post um who didn't comment those sorts of things i i didn't i don't have to worry about that um i it was very refreshing i didn't have to spend um thinking about people who don't know me um who never probably will never know me and getting upset over political topics or seeing people disagreeing with things um especially the ones who don't believe in science but i digress i'm not even gonna go there because i'm not even gonna go there uh so i started focusing more on the things that I enjoy doing what I love doing. Um, I hit the reset button in my own head and started fresh. And that's the best way I can explain that. Like I said, and you know, it, it may be different for other people. Um, people deal with their own thing in their own way. And more power to you. Um, 
mental health, it's, it's very important to take that mental health break because for me personally, I was getting to the point where I was gonna have a burnout. Um, and I didn't want to find out how that is. I didn't want to know what a burnout is. And, you know, before COVID, I, I have experienced my own burnout, um, especially with work. And it was not, it was not pretty. Um, I didn't know who I was. Um, I didn't know how to deal with it. It, it. it took a while for me to figure out how to deal with my own burnout. And one of the things that really helped and in a way really saved me was running and being outdoors and, and basically just keeping a active lifestyle. And from someone who was born and grew up a little in a little island called the Philippines, um, I was both, you know, a city girl and a country girl. Um, I remember going to the countryside, my grandma's house, away from the city during our summer break. My cousins, my brother, my sister, and myself would go there. And we'd stay with her, my grandmother, our grandmother. And um, we were outdoors. We were outside all the time. Uh, I remember, you know, roaming through the tobacco fields, um, walking, running through dirt roads, riding carabaos. I remember chasing baby chicks and all the other farm animals. I remember eating fresh sugar canes, freshly cut sugar canes. Oh my gosh, so, so good. Um, there would be, you know, sampaguitas around in the, the, you know, in the forest, in the, out there and by the woods. And I, we would stream them. My sister and I would stream them, sue them, uh, make necklaces out of them. Um, Sampaguita is the Philippine national flower. It is also, it's a, it is jasmine um, in English. Uh, I remember taking baths in the river. That's when, you know, there was no, there was plenty of water um, gushing through the river close to our house. Now it's almost completely dry. Um, I remember climbing trees and even helping family harvest the tobacco and, and harvest the tobacco and screw them together, you know? And maybe that's why I chose to be a non-smoker because I grew up in tobacco, but, you know, that's, uh, that's another topic <laughs> that I won't um, talk about that now. But, yeah, my childhood was spent outdoors. And, you know, running really helped with being outdoors during a pandemic. And the best thing about it is I'm by myself. 
them one-on-one with nature. Um, I do my um, devotions and do a lot of meditation. When I run, I, uh, when I get, when certain things come to my head when I'm running, it, it that frustrates me. Um, I usually run harder. And usually my best miles are are done because of the things that's going through my head. And um, one thing that running has taught me is that it's all mental. Um, your father, your father, sorry, your mother. Your, not your father, but your body. Your body is the first thing to go, pretty much. Your body is the first thing that says, okay, I'm done. You know, half a mile is, is, is good. But it's, it's your mind. You, when you focus and you let your mind tell your body what you want to do, eventually your body will follow. I mean, sometimes it doesn't always work that way, but most of the time it does. And like I said, some of my best runs are like that. When my knees are crying, when my legs are dying, when my, when I'm getting shin splints or my plantar fasciitis, yes, I'm a mess. Um, but I'm still a runner. <laughs> um, those pain, the pain go away. And you get your second wind and you just go. And you just go. I remember, I remembered when I ran my first and only race this year, back in February. It was a half marathon and it happened to be right here in South Carolina. Um, by, I was, I was doing great. Um, it wasn't until mile six that my body was starting to tell me, okay, I'm done. But half marathon, <laughs> it's a little over 13 miles. And from mile six, seven to mile 13, it was all mental. Um, when my knees were screaming at me, my feet was rebelling. Basically, my entire body was telling me to stop. I told them, we're going to keep going until we see that finish line. And I, I love running because I really, honestly, I, I do it for the sheer fact that it's, keeps you healthy. I mean, I, a lot of people will argue and I will argue too that it does, your, your knees are going to take a beating, but I love it. Um, and, uh, you can be the first person crossing the finish line. You can be person in the middle of crossing the finish line. You can be the last person crossing the finish line. But the most important thing is crossing that finish line. And 
there's no better feeling in the world when you finish. I, uh, I always tell people when, you know, they, we run races and stuff. Um, you run your race, I'll run mine. I'll see you at the finish line. And that's, uh, I've stayed true to that for my running career. You can even call it a career, but, um, it helps, running really helps clear my mind after it. I, it's, it's funny because I tell people I'd rather deal with the physical pain of running, from running, than the mental pain. Another activity I like to do is hiking. Uh, I now live close to the Blue Ridge Parkway. And to say that is a dream. Because I've always... And, and that's another thing going back to the Instagram. Um, Instagram, the whole social media thing. I am, I get very jealous when I see pictures of people taking pictures of the Blue Ridge Parkway, the Blue Ridge Mountains, and anything Blue Ridge. And I'm like, damn. I've taken pictures of that same thing and mine looks like shit. How come they have like 1 million followers? Or all these people saying, wow, it's beautiful. Wow, it's dope. Wow. That's so pretty. And I look at my picture. I'm like, I took the same picture. And mine, they don't think mine is pretty. And that's that. That's one thing that I, I dealt with. And I'm like, oh, hell, I can't do this to myself. My pictures are my pictures. And I take pictures based on how I feel and what I see. And I don't give a damn what anyone else thinks. I love my pictures. Um, one thing about my pictures, I like it raw. Um, no pun intended. Uh... I don't use filters on them. I don't Photoshop them. I leave it how it is because that's how I see it. And God's nature is so perfect in its own way already. Why filter it? Why change it? Um, and in no way I'm taken away from photographers that I followed, photographers that I know, because... Photography to me is an art and people view art, show art in their own way. So, and everybody's different. And I admire people who show their creativity. Um, I love seeing it. I love seeing how people are creative, uh, you know, their version of art and, um, and by no means I'm taken away from their, you know, the pictures they post on Instagram or wherever social media platform they post their pictures in. Um, I will support you guys. So, um, you, you have all my love and support. That's all I guess. Except those people who are unoriginal and take risks and do not follow the rules Y'all can just, I don't know, 
<laughs> I have some choice words for you people, but I'm not going to say it on here. Um, but getting back to living near the Blue Ridge Parkway, I mean, it was it's a dream. And the Blue Ridge, um, being near the Blue Ridge, it has so many, I mean, so many, many, many different opportunities for you to get out there. The trails, the waterfalls. Oh my gosh, I love chasing waterfalls. Um, whenever we get a chance, my sister and I would take the kids and we go hiking and they are, those kids are champs. I mean, they're, they're experts already. Um, we take them to go waterfall chasing. We take them on hikes and just let them and show them the beauty that's around them. And uh, uh, hiking, waterfall chasing, um, finding a new trail. They, you know, that's what I do. That's what I love. I love being outside. I love being outdoors. Um, as much as I, I want other people or I, as much as I want company, I love being by myself just the same. Um, mainly because I can hear my own thoughts or not my hear my own thoughts, but clear my own head and get that mental break that I seriously so badly needed and just recharge and regroup and come back to reality as a new person, have a new perspective on life, on everything. Uh, one thing I love about being beside a waterfall is the you know the gush of water coming down and I can just sit there or stand there by a waterfall and just let that water take away all my problems take away all my thoughts and just listen um you guys should try that sometimes. <laughs> you know, it's very soothing. And it's it's the best sound ever. One of the best sounds ever. Um, if waterfalls can talk, I would love to talk to them. I mean, just the same thing as me finding a, a great old big tree. That you know, the tree that has character. You know that this tree is old. And that this tree has seen a lot. And it's an old tree that you wish that can talk. Um, just want to find out, you know, I want to ask it, like, what have you seen? Um, I, I'm, I'm talking L-O-T-R here, but <laughs> L-O-T-R, L-O-T-R, um, Chronicles of Narnia. You know, um, some of the best writers around, um, J.R.R. Tolkien, um, and uh, C.S. Lewis, which, um, if you guys didn't know, they were in their own, they were part of their own writing circle back in the day. So, <laughs> um, fun fact. Um, anyway, so yeah, that's just 
and that's just just some things that I do to help, you know, to give me a mental break, um, mental health break, because we really need it. As healthcare, as healthcare professionals, we really, really do need it. I know when I finished my assignment, I decided to take a break. Usually, a lot of times, breaks are two weeks. Um, even some people take a week off. Or For me, I wanted to take a week off. Some people was like, oh, I'm going to take two weeks off. But I ended up taking a month off, a little over a month. And it's been the best thing ever since sliced bread not really but uh it's it's been it's the best decision I made for myself especially what I've seen and what I've been through and it's I've I've talked to other people like friends and even fellow RTs and when I tell them I you know I've taken a break I took a break a lot of them say I wish I can do that um or good for you, you know, you need it. And we need to encourage each other. We need to encourage each other, not only as, you know, healthcare professionals, but people in general, we need to take that break. But, you know, since this is about respiratory therapists and healthcare workers, we need to encourage our fellow healthcare workers to take that mental break, to take that break. To take a break, to take a vacation, to take time off, to recharge, to reset. Um, because we need that, especially in this time of the pandemic, you know. And it's not even flu season yet. Newsflash, you know, it's not even, it's not even the flu season yet. And it's, we have a long way to go with um this whole covid and you know it, it's cliche but it's definitely gonna get worse before it gets better and um we have to do our part as well to help flatten the curve um but you know we, we can't force people to do things we can't force people to do certain things but you know as healthcare providers, we need to be a leader in our own community. Before I go, I would leave something amiss if I didn't mention about my faith. Um, some of you know, or a lot, some of you know, or none of you know, that I grew up in a Christian home. And my parents were very religious, um, spiritual, um, however way you say it. Um, one thing that really stuck to me the most is that they're very prayerful. They're a very prayerful couple uh, and individually. Um, one thing that my mother and my father taught my parent, my, my siblings and myself is to always pray.
You can forget about your... <clears throat> Insert music here. <laughs> One thing my parents taught about me was to never forget your friend Jesus. It's different when you're amongst family, when there's hard times that come through, that you experience, because they're right there. It's, um, it's even harder when there's nobody there. And the one person that I couldn't count on was Jesus. I talked to him on a regular basis, just like he's there right beside me. I remember when I would just cry out of the blue when I was in my house when I was on assignment on assignment and I would just talk it, it wouldn't even be a prayer I, I would just talk to him um, tell him all my problems tell him what's on my mind and eventually, I would calm down, and it'll make me feel so much, so much better. And, um, there's, there's nothing like the power of prayer. Um, excuse me. Uh, there's definitely nothing like the power of prayer. It has, um, definitely helped me in my life. And uh, whenever problems come my way, when I feel like everything is not going the way I want it, not going the way I planned, I always have to take a step back and tell myself there are certain things in life they cannot control. Just pray about it and just leave it up to God. And um, along with that verse, that chapter that my mom gave me, Psalm 91. Um, along with that verse, it, it, one, those are those two things are. One of the main things that helped me get through my my assignment, my con, you know, my my work. One thing that 
help get me through my pretty much chaos in my mind. Um, I will say that I don't really worry about going to work anymore and having the fear of uh, working with, you know, COVID. Um, um, I don't, it is, it's my duty. Like I said, it's my calling. It's my ministry. And I was called to do that. I was called to do it. I was called to be a respiratory therapist for a reason. And um, I will do it for the best of my ability. Um, you know, keep fighting. Keep fighting it. Keep helping people. And I just want to, you know, just... give all the praise and the honor to God because honestly I wouldn't be here without him and just starting you know just simply starting this podcast I mean I would never in my life first of all growing up no one knew what a podcast is I mean no, no one ever heard of podcast back in the 80s and 90s um but now it's like candy podcast this podcast that and i i you know i personally never will have seen myself doing a podcast even let, let alone start one and here i am i'm i'm i started a podcast i'm doing a podcast i'm talking about something that i am passionate about and want people to learn more about it and know more about it and I mean, just taking my, I took myself out of my comfort zone. That's what I did. But it, it wasn't just me who did it. You know, I did a lot of praying about it. I did a lot of um, talking to people about it. And, the, you know, the, the genuine consensus was do it. And here I am. You know, I not in a million years. If you told me 10 years ago that you're going to be doing a podcast during a pandemic in 2020, I would look at you in my resting bitch face and say, you cry cry. But look who's cry cry now. <laughs> um, so yeah, I just, I just wanted to add that before, you know, I ended this episode. It's been a whirlwind um, of a year so far. I mean, we are halfway i mean not even halfway we're almost at the end of the year i mean it's july for crying out loud and um you know like i said we're gonna keep fighting this uh, it just you know everyone has their, their own battles that they will have to fight for themselves within themselves but at the same time you know this is something that we can fight together and um i i wish you guys all you know i wish you well everybody out there you guys you know whatever you're doing to help flatten the curve keep doing it um 
to those people who don't believe in science, God help you. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it at that because I don't know. I don't know what else to say. I mean, we can keep beating this. You keep, you can keep, you know, keep beating it like a dead horse or, or however that saying goes. But, you know, if people don't want to listen, people don't want to do it. People are not going to listen. People don't want to do it. So, anyway, um, I'm going to end it that way. <laughs> I, it's been a... This, this episode has been very, like I said, emotional from the get-go. Um, it's something that it's, it is very dear to my heart because I'm part of it. I, I think everybody's part of it. Um, I know, I, I just want to add this too. Um, I'm on a, a group on Facebook that deals with PTSD, um, for you know the COVID fighter, COVID healthcare worker um, during the, during the pandemic, and um, I know I have it. I, I know I have some form of it. Um, I'm not going to uh, sugarcoat it. You know I'm gonna tell how it is. I uh, I have the symptoms. That I wouldn't say the symptoms, but I. Just, you know, the fear, the dread, and the anxiety, and all that, I, I have it. You know, being a respiratory therapist is no joke. We see, we don't know what goes on, what comes into the ER, um, and we deal with whatever comes our way. And um, we have good days and bad days. We have easy days and busy, busy days, and, you know, we'll, like, like we fight COVID, we're gonna fight this together. And I personally love my respiratory care family. Um, we know what each other is going through, and it, it's it's a sad in a way because we're the only ones that know what the other is feeling i mean pray we talk to other healthcare providers nurses doctors whoever some of them have no clue of what we go through but if you talk to a fellow respiratory therapist i bet you my bottom penny that they will know exactly what you're talking about and they will understand what you're talking about and what you're going through and in a way, you know, you and that person or that group will be able to help each other out, lift each other up, and um, get through it. And um, much love to all my um, healthcare providers. Um, big shout out to my respiratory care people. You're my fam, um, my peeps. You know, we keep, we're going to keep fighting this. And I hope and pray that each one of you take time off to recharge, um, however way you do it. And um, with that being said, 
let's continue to social distance. Let's mask up, be safe, stay safe, and take care. Until next time, peace. If you guys have any questions, comments, let me know. DM me. Um, send me a message through uh, my podcast and um, I'll get back to you. I am open for ideas and I want to open a dialogue pretty much. If you guys want to know more about respiratory care, what else you want to know about respiratory care, um, what else to know be, about being a respiratory therapist, let me know. Um, and uh, hopefully I'll get in contact with you and we'll open a dialogue. So. Anyway, take care, guys. Peace.